Welcome to Government Love Bot, the only podcast whose official stance is that St. Patrick was a narc and snakes are cool. I'm D, and if I was a snake, I would be a milk snake. I'm Nick, <laughs> and if I was St. Patrick, I would not be a narc. Uh, I'm Tyler, insert Irish joke here. <laughs> I got an Irish cream latte. It's pretty good. Sure, that's what I am. You got your snake. He's Saint Patrick. I'm the Irish latte or whatever you just said. You're the cream in the Irish latte. That's the worst thing I've heard today. <laughs> I find that hard to believe. We just said like ten cursed things in a row, and that was the most cursed somehow. <laughs> anyway, Nick, you said that you had a story about a Berber, and I'm oh. interested. Oh yeah, so. This is, without a doubt, hands down, the most disappointing restaurant experience I've just ever had. It was awful, and, like, it was just really sad. So, I went I went to this place. Uh, they're really known for, like, their pies and shit. But, like, I wanted a meal. So, and I wanted steak. I was like, man, I need, I need me some steak. So... I found some on their menu that was like 14 bucks and and I quote this menu item is called a certified Angus grilled chopped steak. So I was like hot dog I'm I'm fucking set. I'm getting what I what I want. It's great. I went and I was like all right, can I get uh roasted potatoes with these? Kind of like cone fries just like just just wanted like Bits of potato that I could munch on. They're like, no. Yeah, some roasted taters, you know? Uh, we have fries, we have mashed potatoes, and we have a baked potato. And it's like, well, I don't I don't want fries with a steak. So I just took mashed potatoes. Already a little bit sad, but it's okay. Then I ordered green beans, and I went, we don't got that. We've got butternut squash, broccoli, cauliflower. I'm like, just, just give me the broccoli. My poor soul. So, already a little bit sad. I'm like, I'm getting a steak at least. That's going to be fine because I'm going to sit down. It's going to be a nice little meal for lunch. It's going to be chef's kiss. It wasn't. I get the food. I come home. Go on lunch. I open up the box. And what I have in this box is not a steak at all. And not even in the slightest is it a steak. What I have in this box is an unseasoned, un um, evenly cooked burger patty that just is loaded, covered, piled on with onions, as if they were hiding what they were doing in like the shame of their mistakes. <laughs> so I just I look down at this fucking burger patty that I got in place of a. Not it wasn't even like a chopped up burger patty either. They like the grilled and chopped parts just weren't existent. They're like, all right, hit them up a patty, slap it in the box. So you ordered a chopped steak, and they gave you something that's not steak and not chopped. They didn't give you a single thing you asked. Literally got nothing I wanted. Uh, like this, and it wasn't it wasn't seasoned or anything. I had to put my my own seasonings and shit on it. 
And it uh, was $14? Yeah, bro. I Holy thought it was going to be fine because it was like a fucking steak meal. That's not too bad for a steak meal. It's pretty bad for a goddamn plain burger with a bunch of onions on it. Like, they... They, le- Damn. they legit reached into like a basin, just slapped together a patty in their hands, and went, "That's gonna be the bur- that's gonna be the steak he wants." And when I say like they covered it up in onions, I'm not even exaggerating. Like opening up the box, I wouldn't even like initially think of anything. I had to move some onions so I could actually see the fact that they gave me a fucking burger instead of a a steak. That's crazy. It's the only time I've ever wanted to, like, truly Karen out. And, like, I took... You see, activate the inner Karen. (laughs) I I really, like, I wanted to, but I got it at a takeout place like 20 minutes away. I was bringing it back from, like, a a work drive, dropping off the car. But it's just like, god damn. That sucks. Um, I would, I would recommend that you sick our viewers on this restaurant uh and, and oh my god don't bomb. do that <laughs> no <laughs> don't no do no that. Don't do that. we, we do not that. encourage here at the government a love bot hating on a restaurant for fucking up a simple request listen we're the government we don't have other people do our jobs for us we just do it secretly and then blame minorities <laughs> wait it's the government way that's how the government does it Oh boy! Wait, what, Tyler? <laughs> yes, monster. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen. That's how the government's done things for a long time. They fuck something up and then blame the minorities for it. It's it's fucked, that, but that it is, is true. That is true. I mean, they're taking our germs. <laughs> Listen, that's why we're the good chunk of the government. Because we're, we're not actually the government. We're the love bot. Exactly. We're a government run by the people. Isn't that Communism supposed to be our government? Uh, kind of. Sort of. Uh, maybe. <laughs> in theory, kind of. Yeah, sort of in theory. but Also, I mean, like, the, the, the Founding Fathers kind of had, like, an autocracy in mind already. So our government is sort of functioning the way it was really meant to. Yeah. Well, there's so. I'm a lot sure. more my minorities in charge than they probably were anticipating. I'm oh, pretty for sure. sure like the founding fathers, one of the first thing they went and said were like, don't have multiple parties to be against each other and fuck everything up that we've built. And then, like, the most of the Founding Fathers passed away, and we immediately went, so we need two political parties, right? Most of the Founding Fathers were still alive when we started dividing ourselves into parties. But I mean, like, I mean, when the country was founded, only you know, white, land-owning men could vote. So, like, they had already sort of had this, this idea in mind of, like, who was actually going to make the decisions in this country. Yeah, well, didn't you, would read you believe the paper? it? Would you Be believe it people? if I said that? Would you believe it if I said the most like for the people the government's ever been is currently? Yeah, yeah <laughs> which isn't true. a good thing. <laughs> and believe it or not, Jimmy Carter was our best president. I stand by that. 
Is that an official stance? Can we have another one of those? I mean, that's my official stance. If you guys agree with me. The podcast whose official stance is that Jimmy Carter is balling. We get two official stances this episode. Is that legal? I'm not sure. We're the government. We make what's legal. Oh, shit. We're the government, for Christ's sakes. Have a little faith in us. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So why don't we get into this, my dudes? Let's make you the hardest turn ever. And let's get into our topics for this week. Oh, and I'd shit. Like, and I'd like to go first because I kind of posed a question to you lads. Earlier today, we went out for lunch. And I posed a question to you that was for the topic of today, which is, um, if you could have one video game made, any video game you want, what would it be? And what would it look like? So I don't know if either you want to go first or if you want me to go first. Or how you guys want to. Why don't you go first and then we can like go after. We know what you have in mind. Okay. I've been thinking about this one. Cracking the knuckles. I've been thinking about this one. So I'm a big fan of the Persona series. for, For all the listeners who don't know. Big Persona fan. And I was thinking this one day with my with my friends. I was thinking, man, you know, Persona has a lot of spinoffs, right? They have a, they have a, um, like a Hyrule Warriors style game. They have a fighting game. You know, they have a dancing game. And I was like, what's the one thing they don't have? They don't have a kart racer. Oh my! My God. <laughs> proposition to you, to to Atlas, for all the Atlas employees listening, all zero of them, um. <laughs> hopefully not zero of them uh but for all the all the people listening is persona cart uh and i'm talking like this is a fleshed out idea like this isn't something that i just like came up with like five minutes ago i had this whole idea in mind right so the first thing like the first thing i want to point out is that the velvet room it would have to be a garage right like I want to see Igor sitting in a fucking garage. Okay. So, <laughs> Igor, Igor in so garage. the idea, Was yeah, so the idea Igor? of this game, big it's bird, Igor. Big bird face, man. It is Igor, as far as I'm aware. Or it's Igor. Fuck, whatever. <laughs> what, I'm pretty sure it's Igor. Anyway, point is. <laughs> no, no. So here's the keep, idea. Keep I had, fumbling right? over it. Go on. I know, right? <laughs> The so Atlas the employees aren't going to like this. <laughs> yeah, right. We can't even pronou- I can't even pronounce the the character's name right. But uh so like the idea I had was that you have like the the cast of 3, 4 and 5, right? And each of them is like their own character and then they have their own themed cart. So like for example, Ryuji from Persona 5 who's named Skull, his cart would be pirate ship themed because that's his persona as a pirate ship. Right. So if you pick Ryuji, he has uh, a pirate ship and then he also has stats. So he is strong against electric, but he's weak against wind. And this will play into something later. So you'll see. So then you could you could pick any of your tracks. The tracks would all be themed around like Persona dungeons. There's a shit ton of them like Tartarus and, you know, like Kanji's dungeon and and all the palaces in Persona 5. There's plenty of of, uh, ideas for tracks there. So when you get into the race, I figured you could do, because there's probably going to be a lot going on, eight racers per race, which is kind of the Mario Kart Double Dash thing. 
and Double Dash has kind of a lot going on. So, Pure chaos. what happens chaos. is is it's a normal kart racer, kind of like Mario Kart, but the items is where things get interesting, right? So, have any of you played Lego Racers? I have not. Crash Bandicoot Man here. Respect. I also well, have not. In, well, in Lego Racers, they did this thing where you pick up an item. If you pick up, like, <clears throat> all the items will have specific colors, or, um, and if you pick up, like, a, a red item, which is a cannonball, and then you pick up another red item, it stacks, and it makes that item stronger. And then you could do it again uh, to make your item to, like, re- have your item reach a third tier. So I was thinking you take that kind of same idea. So you're driving around as, as Skull from Persona 5, and then you pick up an item, and the item is a fire attack. And so it would just be Augie. And then if you pick up another fire attack, it becomes Augie Lao, which is the stronger version. And if you pick up another one, it becomes Augie Dine, which is the strongest fire attack. And based on how strong the fire attack is, based on, uh, determines how strong, um, how much the attack affects the other racers. And then there's also the Ma versions of it. So there's be Maragi, Maragi Dine, and all that stuff, which would be uh, stronger fire attacks that hit multiple people as opposed to being like, hitting one person so this is where the stats come into play so the idea here is that all these attacks um they're all elemental so characters will have strengths and weaknesses so if ryuji gets hit with an electric attack it doesn't affect him as much but if he gets hit with a wind attack it affects him a lot more so it'll slow him down more Get some of that. Get some of that, like RPG Final Fantasy uh, elemental typing going on here. Exactly. Just... So you have to kind of strategize around like your racer, and like then when you're in the race, you have to actually put a little bit of thought into what items you're throwing at who. So like if Ryuji's ahead of me, and I have an electric attack, like I can hit him with it, but I know I'm not going to catch up with him. Meanwhile, if I have a wind attack. And I'm in third place. I know that if I pass second place, I can hit Ryuji with it and definitely take first because I'll hit him with a weakness. Fucking send him spiraling out. Be like, set down, skull boy. Exactly. Right? And And I thought about, like, how the attacks would work. And I thought it would be cool if when you use the item, your character summons their persona and the persona, like, appears and hits him with the item. So, like, Ryuji would be driving, and he would summon his persona, which would be Captain Kid, and Captain Kid would launch the attack. So that's what I mean when I say a lot would be going on. So, like, personas would appear when um, you want to hit attacks, or when you want to use items kind of thing. And that way, uh, that would be a kind of a cool way to do things. Okay, hear me out. Your idea is amazing, and I'm loving it so far. But... Can we see if we can get, like, a whole uh, uh, deal going on between the writers and creators of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure to also get them in on the whole, like, persona stand summoning action? We see, here's the problem with that, though. We've already got a planned crossover with Bloodborne. Oh, shit. Bloodborne card. <laughs> Yo, I... Can't... Yeah, so that that's... I, I just joke because there's a meme going around that's Persona 5x Bloodborne cart. With that ass, <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just a meme, but 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 yeah, no, like that's 
But you could totally do that. You could totally have JoJo characters be DLC. Who fucking cares? Like, why not? Really Hell quick, yes. really quick. Can I give a shout out to Bunglilith on Twitter, the developer of Bloodborne Cart? Good for her. Fuck yeah. Did Good she actually them. make a Bloodborne Cart? Well, she's been developing, like, uh, a Bloodborne Cart game. That's awesome. Oh, shit. I dig that. I'm it's on board with that. It's in, like, PlayStation 1 graphics. It's 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 very, uh, it's, it's like, very throwback-oriented. I really like it. It's basically original Crash Team Racing. But with it's, Bloodborne. It's, yeah, it's, it's sort of in the same vein, yeah. But, yeah. And, and you know, like, um... There actually is also a Persona cart in existence called Persona 4 Racing All Afternoon, which is just a, a mod of, like, the original Mario Kart. Like, Mario Kart, uh, like, the NES Mario Kart or the SNES, SNES Mario Kart or whatever, um, with Persona characters put over it. And, like, that game is pretty fun. So, like, why not? And also, you can give it a story mode. Because Persona games love to give really weird story modes to things, like the fact that the dancing game, like uh, Persona 4's dancing game, is canon. It's 100% canon, as are the fighting games, 100% canon. Uh oh. Oh my god. Yeah. Both that, I don't don't know about 3 and 5's dancing game, but I know that 4's dancing game is 100% canon. They did what Nintendo was too scared to do with The Legend of Zelda, Hyrule Warriors. Precisely. Nintendo. Exactly. (laughs) It is Sega. It is Sega. Like, Sega does, like, partner with, or publish for Atlas, I think. So they do, they do what Nintendo. Um, But yeah, so that's my idea for, like, Persona Kart. And I just think that it would be such a fun. And, like, interesting thing to do with Persona. And you could use, like, so many of, like... You could be really creative with it. Like, for instance, in the concept art of Persona 5, there's pictures... There's, like, drawings of of Joker driving a sports car. So you could just make his cart a sports car. Like, why not? Who fucking cares? Like, go for it. Fucking give it to him. He deserves it. The the blue shell equivalent, like like, the big attack if you're in last place... It should obviously be Megadoleon, which is, like, the ultimate almighty attack that, like, hits everybody. So, obviously, it would be Megadoleon. Just it's just, like, it's such a creative idea. racetrack just all dies. Just boom. Just like that. But I think it would be really fun. And if I had my way, I would have the entire cat, like, like the cast of three, four, and five. Like, just, so, just get them all in there, you know? Let them all be kart racers and have fun with that. Fuck yeah, and then you could be... do, like, main character races. Exactly. I just think it would be a really neat idea. Also, the Rainbow Road of the game would obviously be a track in the Velvet Room. Duh. The <laughs> Velvet Room-themed track. Yes. And if you really wanted to get crazy, you can have boss races against the Velvet Room attendants, which are normally the super bosses of the Persona games. Oh shit! So yeah, so there's my idea for Persona Kart. I want it so bad because it's such a cool idea, and I want a kart racer that's both fun to play and not Mario Kart. Uh, I know Crash Team. I know Crash Racing is out there, uh, but I want another one. Do I want you, another Mario Kart alternative. Atlas, do you hear this man? Do you hear the desperation in his voice? You must. I deliver. do. I want this. I'll give you my money. (laughs) 
He will buy and he will buy. You just have to deliver the product. Get on it. We believe in you. I know. I I believe in Atlas. They've never let me down before. I mean, they have, but I'll forget about it if they make Persona Park. (laughs) I mean, other than all the times they let me down, they've actually never let me down. It's crazy. (laughs) I will literally forget every past transgression if they make Persona Kart for me. (laughs) You are forgiven if you do this. And I will give you my money. That seems like a win-win for you, Atlas. You can't turn down a trade deal like this. Exactly. (laughs) So yeah, that is my idea. So let me hear your guys' idea. What games would you want? Do you, do I mean, you want to go first, D? I could, yeah, I mean, I could, I, I would, uh, I mean, like, I, I really thought about this for a while, and, uh, Overwatch 2 already exists, so I figured they could probably do, like, I, I said to you guys earlier, uh, Fortnite 2, uh, <laughs> they could do no, Minecraft please. 2, um, that one's acceptable. Honestly, like, I would, you know, I am. I have an obsession. I'd love to see Fallout New Vegas get remastered. I don't honestly think you could do a sequel. Don't think it's possible, uh, because the ending is left open ended, and giving it a sequel would canonize one of those endings. And I think it's not, sort it's not of, something that Bethesda shies away from, though, right? Well, they don't really touch the West Coast games. So I'm I'm really hoping that Bethesda doesn't decide what ending was right. They probably, I mean, they probably picked the NCR ending, but that's because they don't understand what those games are about. But um, I mean, I I I guess I would really like to see um all of the 2D uh Pokemon games get remastered and bundled together for a modern console. Specifically, Soul Silver, because you know that was my that was my first Pokemon game. I love that game. Kind of sucks that I have to pull out a DS every time I want to play it. But the DS is so classy. Like it's it's just a flush of memories every time I bust out a DS. Get my hands on that meaty little uh, flip cube. Listen, I love the DSi. I think it's a great handheld console. Probably one of the best. Uh, if not the best. But, it's a little inconvenient. I won't lie to you. Like, I already have my Switch out. I already play my Switch constantly. To have to go and dig out another console that I don't really use like that to play one game, I mean. So, so let me ask you this, right? Let's say that they do remaster those Pokemon games, right? What would you want from those Pokemon games? Like, what do you what do you want them to add? I mean, I'd really like to see them incorporate a couple of the features, uh, especially from from uh, Violet and Scarlet, Scarlet and Violet, whatever direction you want to go with that. Uh, like the fact that you can rearrange moves easily, you can you know uh, delete and learn moves easily. You can rename your Pokemon easily you know what i mean you can uh send your pokemon to the pc and take them out of storage easily you know what i mean that i feel like that's just a nicer experience 
you know what they should also add if they're going to remaster those old Pokemon games? Um, the new system of experience share, where it works on your entire party. It's not just a singular item. Yeah, definitely that too. Uh, I, I said this... I said this before just because I have it on the brain and I was thinking about it with Persona. Uh, every RPG should have an experience share so that uh, you don't have backup party members becoming useless. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because the way, <laughs> I won't lie to you, the way that I played through uh, Soul Silver when I was a kid was I just brute forced my way through the game with like two Pokemon. My, exactly. My, my main starter... And then another one that was, like, the opposite of that type so that I could just push through the game. Well, to be honest, that's pretty much, like, how I've, I haven't played very many recent Pokemon. But I feel like you could still do that now because they're always, like, they give you that first area always with the intention and thought that you are going to begin catching and building a Pokemon party. That you're already going to have two, three, four, five, six Pokemon in your group. So if you just take one or two and constantly focus on them you're already funneling a whole bunch of the experience that they're intending to be split up just onto one or two mons yeah but if you have the experience share it makes it so that even though those uh pokemon aren't being used they're still gaining experience so if you get to a part where the brute force is kind of slipping up a little bit you can flip out as opposed to you just being like well <laughs> That, that is fair that's a that's a feature that i do agree um personally for me i'm think i'm on the other side of things i don't like when games start making like quote, quote unquote quality of life features but it's just taking away any minor inconvenience in a game being like all right now you can just do all of these things i feel like it makes sense that you'd have to take your pokemon to a place that would then teach it how to use a move and, like, that that makes sense. The name change one, I feel like, you should be able to just do all the time. But also for, like, box storage. I feel, personally, this is, I could be roasted and marred by the Pokemon uh, community and fandom, which is fine. But personally, I feel like you shouldn't even be able to, like, catch a Pokemon when your party's full and be like, alright, back to box. I should be like, because you should have to go to the place and be like, alright, in you go, little fella. And then go back out and catch. It's inconvenient, yeah, but for me it makes sense and helps establish, like, a coherent and consistent world building. Yeah, but that, that adds one, like, major flaw. Is that, let's say you, like, in Soul Silver, for example, you can run into the three legendary dogs, or maybe they're cats, I don't remember. But you they're, can run like into... the three legendary beasts. Three legendary beasts, sure. Um... You can run into them in the wild randomly. So let's say that you like you you end up battling one of them, but you have a full party already. Your only option then is to what? Knock it out or flee and then lose your opportunity to catch this legendary. Yeah, but honestly like like I said it's it's an inconvenience for sure and it definitely would suck. But like it it it's more like it it's one of those things that doesn't matter that much in the long run because it will come come across again i get what you're saying though about like it being like like realistic to the world but it's one of those things where it's like all right i gotta suspend my disbelief so i'm not constantly juggling back to the box every time i want to catch a new pokemon plus it's like 
one of those things where it's like, listen, if you want to do like, I don't know, like I could see it working for a different kind of monster collector, but in terms of like Pokemon, I think that Pokemon's focus on wanting you to catch the Pokemon and stuff like that, I think that allowing you to just catch even with a full party is no, one of those and nice honestly, things. it makes sense. Yeah, it's like I gamey kind of like system. Just, and, and why I said, like, it'd probably be just ended by the Pokemon community. But, like, for me, I'm willing to deal with some inconveniences that aren't in the long run, like, too gameplay destroying. Just to have, like, a more consistent world that I'm in. But that's that's legit just how yeah. I like to try to interpret and enjoy games. I really just love digging into, like, the world building and how things are built there. And I think what you said about, like, game destroying is is one of the reasons why I want RPGs to just have experience shares. Because it's like, like, for instance, in Persona 4, there's no experience share. So then, like, when it gets towards the end of the game, I just have, like, three party members that just I can't do anything with. So it's like, how is that, like, how am I supposed to get entrenched in your combat systems and stuff if, like, 30% of the combat I just can't do because I can't level them up without sitting there and grinding for hours on end so that I can use a slightly different character and have access to different moves. It's just like, like just have an experience share, like just have an experience share that like allows me to level up my characters altogether. It's not going to make the game any easier. It's just going to make it more fun. Yeah, And then that also (laughs) comes to like the situations where a lot of RPGs, at least ones that aren't like you, you build up your team like Pokemon or some shit like that. But, like, a lot of RPGs, you get to a spot and you you have to, uh, you know, you're forced to use these certain party members and there's a decent chance, like, hey, you didn't like them that much, but they're still, like, there. And the game goes, oh, they're now super important and also your only characters you can use. And you're just left high and dry going, oh, oh, there's no way I can beat this boss. Yeah, exactly. And it's, like, one of those things, like... And, like, that's the thing, like, with, with Persona, too, it's, like, it's it's really bad because all the characters, like I mentioned when I was talking about Persona Kart, have strength and weaknesses. So, like, I have Chie, and she, Chie, oh, God, <laughs> I have Chie, and she is an ice user, so she's weak to fire. So, it's, like, if I'm in a later dungeon, and she's weak to fire, but I have nobody to replace her with because everybody's too weak, like, I'm just, like, oh, well, sorry, Chie, looks like you have to get your ass beat the entire dungeon. <laughs> Because I can't, I don't have anybody else leveled up, and it's like, oh, that sucks. Like, yeah, that's lame. Yeah, um, and and to add to that, on the flip side, you also have the problem of like making a character ultra mega strong, and then having that character not be around for the rest of the game. Like, for example, I know somebody who their first time through Final Fantasy VII. Just just made Aerith the strongest motherfucker in the game. <sighs> and then, spoiler alert for no, Final no, Fantasy VII. No, no, take that away. They don't eight, deserve like... a spoiler alert. Game's been out for more than 20 years. <laughs> uh, Go play the fucking game. I was, was going to say, 25-year-old game. Uh, Aerith dies and isn't available for the second, or the second half or like the last two-thirds of the game or something like that. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say that that same thing happened to me in Persona Three. I put all my, 
I'm not going to spoil it because it's actually just a good twist. But there, I put all my, I put like a shit ton of points into this one party member and they were like super strong and they had the best equipment and then they just fucking died. And I was like, oh no, now I'm out all of that shit. Like, oh no. I think XP share is a good idea uh, to, to kind of combat those situations. Um, the only other thing that I would add to a remaster of the Pokemon games is they should all be done in the graphic style of black and white because those are the best looking 2D Pokemon games. Correct. I can I can agree with this. No, I want that really weird looking X and Y 3D style. Please no. No, I want <laughs> uh Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness graphics. Yo, unironically though, that would look fucking amazing. Man, I'm, I'm not sure I know what if they could read you. I recommend looking, if you don't know anything about XD Gale of Darkness or uh, Coliseum, 100% recommend looking them up. Uh, And this goes for not just YouTube, but the listeners too. If you don't know what these games are, look them up. They're fucking amazing. This looks like a Sonic the Hedgehog game. Yeah, it do be looking like that sometimes. I I really wish I had a GameCube on hand. Right now, uh, D, I want you to Google Mirror B. M-I-R-O-R and then B. Pokemon XD? Yep. What am I looking at? (laughs) What you are looking at is the reason why that's the greatest game ever made, ever. Why? Is it like Darkness Pokemon? No, Mirror B is a is a trainer in Pokemon in Pokemon XD Gala Darkness Yo, and in Call I'm gonna send you an image in in the Discord. Yeah, put, put it right in the now. Discord. I need to see this. I need to see if I remember. All right, it or and not. and now for now for the listeners, I want you to Google right now, Mirror B M I R O R, and then B. Mirror I remember B this the... fucker. What the fuck is that? Oh my god, that picture. <laughs> what is that? That picture. Do, do you like that the edit is Mirror B with the lesbian pride flag behind him? That was like the Mirror tenth B's image, a dude. That was like the tenth Mirror image B's down a... on Google search. Oh my god, he's a dude though. I don't understand. Oh my. <laughs> Lesbians vibe with yeah, Mirror B. Also, I don't know what to tell you. Also, like. He also has some fire-ass music, and his team, his Pokemon team, is four Ludicolos. <laughs> I remember it! Oh my god! Yeah, they're the little da- the little dancing grass-water type yeah. Pokemon. And he also has a Pseudo-Udo. Evolved from Lotad, I think. Yep, that's Lotad's final of all form, is Ludicolo, and he's got four of them, and they dance that's... along with him. Oh, oh so good. he's so good. Those games are so good. I 100% recommend them. I actually have a copy of XD Gale of Darkness that cost me a lot of money. Oh my god. But I do have. Do you have a GameCube? I do, in fact, have a GameCube. It's currently in a duffel bag. I am so beyond jealous of you. We should do a Let's Play. We should do a Let's Play. Do we start a Let's Play yes. channel on YouTube to. Uh... We should do a Let's Play of Mario Golf. Of <laughs> Mario Golf. But. <laughs> But label each episode as XD Gale of Darkness. Oh my god. <laughs> we'd upset some people. Whatever five viewers we get, we'd upset them. All, all five of them. All five of those Atlas employees. 
All right. So there's there's D's game. How about you, Nick? Okay. So it's no mystery that lately I have been on the Last of Us kick. It is such a good game, piece of media. More than that, at this point, it's just so great. And I'm also a pretty avid lover of virtual reality, VR headsets and games and all that. And this, I'm liking where this is going. This, this ironically actually came up the other day in a Discord that I'm in, where somebody was asking, uh, what kind of like VR games are currently stagnant. So what would you want out of a VR game that like just you could do anything with? And I personally think that not necessarily like the actual stories of The Last of Us that we currently have, but a Last of Us game where it's set in that world, you have like the kind of cool badass where you have like listen mode or whatever that the main characters have. But like it's just It'd be beyond something like Walking Dead Saints and Sinners because it's not a zombie game. It's not, while it is technically like a zombie apocalypse, kind of quotation marks, it's not the focus. The focus is the fact that while these things are scary and terrifying, they aren't nearly as bad as the real fucking people that'll do all sorts of things just to fulfill their, their goals and desires. And I feel like, one, that experiencing that in a first person with, like, a well-written and constructed story like Neil Druckmann and Naughty Dog can do would just be phenomenal. Phenomenal. Sneaking around as fucking uh, pure badass and, you know, like, peeking up over uh, things, throwing bricks in people's faces, shooting explosive arrows and shit. I feel like it'd just be beyond satisfying and a way to put you more than the current games more than the shows we have more than even the companion podcast for the last of us it would put you just that much closer to that darkness of the world but also the beauty of how nature has taken over how there are still their pockets of civilization that are rebuilding and returning to a normal functioning life just shit you don't get in normal vr games guys could be really nice uh, the only vr game i've played consistently is swords and sorcery and i modded the shit out of it so i had lightsabers yo so i'm down blade of sorcery fucking slaps bro vr games honestly vr horror games are legitimately fucking terrifying I feel like if I played a Last of Us game like that, I would be fucking shitting my pants. Well, that's, like, something else that I was thinking. Is like, it could play... Like, there are times... And I'm replaying Last of Us right now. And I admit, I'm a little bit of a pussy sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes. And there are times where I... Even if I know what to expect, I drop down into an area with a bunch of clickers or a fucking bloater and a bu- or a bunch of runners. And I'm just like, there's a cool sweat running down the back of my neck. And I'm like, oh fuck, I don't, I don't want to deal with these guys. I don't want to die to these fuckers. It's scary, bro. And that in VR? Oh my god, man. I feel like it could just be so... Yeah, that's, uh... That sounds fucking nightmarish. I love you know, it. You'd have such, like, interactive things, too, that would really, like, 
I think, spice up VR games. Because, like, a big complaint with VR games right now is that they're, like, like I said, they're very stagnant. They're tech demos. Yeah, they're... They're tech demos. You, you show up to the game, you do one thing, you do it for however many hours they have it prepared, you finish, you've done the thing. You've pretty much got what the game is trying to give you. And there are some now, like, uh, Zenith is an MMO that's pretty good. It's it's working its way towards greatness. And if they keep trucking along, they can really have some magical. But, like, I feel like VR MMOs will be what really push the boundaries of just VR gaming interactivity. Because, like, MMO players are fucking feisty, guys. They, they want that content, that gameplay, those different things to do because they, like, live in these worlds for a lot of people. So if you don't have, like, things to craft, things to trade, uh, new adventures to go on, uh, things to explore, houses to build, etc., 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 then you start losing traction with that fan base. So, like, games like Zenith and Elysia are really just pushing that boundary. But I feel some, like, The Last of Us would, would even more so. Because while you go in and you, like, go through the thing, you go from point A to point B, you kill some people, kill some clickers. There's still, like, you've got crafting. You've got an interactive stealth mechanic where, like, you can stealth and, like, walk behind creatures. There's fucking the clickers where, like, if you move quietly and slowly enough... Then you could, like, it. you could move in front of them. That's very, very in-depth thing. You've got crafting where you can make all your shit, like, Molotov cocktails and fucking explosive arrows and, and reinforced uh, weaponry. You've got just wild gunplay with a variety of weapons where you could have a flamethrower, a shotgun, a fucking revolver pistol that literally blasts people off their feet. There's just going to be so much variety. Hell yeah. Last of Us is an incredibly, like, realistically gory game, too. Yeah. Yes. Is... Last of Us 2, like, I see clips of that gunplay, and I'm like, oh my god. And The Last of Us 2 really goes above and beyond in the gameplay, where it's like, the fucking end, the people that you run into and fight... They all have names. And, like, you drop somebody right next to somebody else, and they look over, and they're like, No! Jonathan! And you're like, oh my god, I just took somebody's fucking friend. Alright, time to kill them too, I guess. Can't let them be alone. That's that's so dark. <laughs> oh, man, I guess I gotta kill you too. I don't want you to be lonely. You can't be lonely. We're doing them favors out here as Lonely. the are badass and we know it um but also dog attacks in um the last of us part two always make me like panic anxious it is done so well but also so bad for a dude that like loves seeing dogs and petting dogs but not dogs that are aggressive like throwing my controller type shit seeing them mar and well, maul Ellie's face, just... Ugh. Never forget, though, that the devs of the game said that you would not that you would never have to kill a dog if you didn't want to, oh. and then you have to kill dogs. I don't... I, yeah, I think they actually do make you kill two dogs. 
you have to at least kill one dog. Because it's, it's fucking... This, this, this may be spoilers. It's much long, much closer stature of limita- limitations. But it's not too bad. But, like, you kill... You have to kill Abby's dogs. They're like, you don't have to kill them. Promise. <laughs> Just kidding. Brutal. But no, I was... So, yeah, look at... Uh, Oh, there you Sorry. go. Sorry. Oh, I just wanted to say, no, I was happy to uh, kill those dogs because it meant they wouldn't pick up on me and suddenly tear out Ellie's throat and give me a panic attack. So I was like, kill the dogs. Take them out. Get them out of here. Scary shit. To the shadow realm. Deadass. Deadass. So there you go. There's There's my topic. Persona card, a remake of the 2D Pokemon game, specifically Soul Silver. And a VR Last of Us game. Hell yeah. We're looking at you, all those game devs that watch our show or listen to our podcast. All two of you. We're looking at you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's probably at least three. Oh, man. Yo. There's three and a half, and I refuse to elaborate (laughs) on who the half is. (laughs) All right. So whose topic is next? That would be me. Um, All right. Let's hear it, D. My topic is uh, that I am replaying Skyrim. Now, Skyrim is a game that I've put a lot of hours in. I I have put uh, well over a thousand hours into Skyrim. Um, I know the game. I I know everything that happens in the game. I know the layout. Hours to dedicate to Skyrim. I know, and it's not even a game that I necessarily... Like, I used to love it, but, like, the more I play it, the less that I like it, because the more I see Bethesda for, like, who they are and what they've done. Uh, <laughs> yeah, how was, how was the third time of not even a remake? They just straight up remastered it, slapped a, some quests in, hunger bar and fishing, and went, here you go, here's your Skyrim again, <laughs> boys and girls. I can play it on my fridge. Skyrim truly will be the the next like Doom. You can play it on anything, meme. It like truly in in like ten years, people are gonna be like, I'm playing Skyrim on my washing machine. We're like, already there. I we think have, it, I think it already is yeah, there. We have Skyrim for the Amazon Alexa, bro. I was about to say you can play it on your they Alexa. Called it the very special edition because they released it right around the time special edition. I think that's a meme. I don't think that's real. No, it right? is. I've played it. I don't like that. I was gonna say I can confirm that is in fact. It is literally like a like an AI DM for you being in the Skyrim universe with no uh, dice rolls. But um, the the thing is though is that like I decided that I wanted to add a challenge uh, when I when I replayed it this time and like survival mode is like a cool idea and i definitely think it does make the game better because it gives you it, it like slows you down it paces the game better but it also like i don't want to spend that much time doing everything when i play so instead uh what i have been doing is i have only been walking backwards and the game is in german which is a language that i like barely understand is that the language you were doing duolingo lessons for yeah exactly <laughs> gotta take those duolingo lessons so i can get through skyrim exactly i um 
I took I took German in high school, but I only took it for one year. Uh, so so I can like introduce myself in German and ask where I am and how to like how to go somewhere. Uh, but other than that, my German is not great. Uh, what is stop you criminal scum in German? It it would be halt. Do yeah, I'm I'm not a hundred percent on criminal scum how that translates. <laughs> I'm so far not very far in, because walking back it turns out it's hard to do combat backwards. Yeah, I have to like to turn stop. around and stand still and hope that I hit them. I've been working with conjuration and like magic, but it's also not working very well. So, serious, serious talk about Skyrim right now, and this will likely get me up, like, shouting. The German people will beat the shit out of you for this one. (laughs) The German Skyrim fans (laughs) are going to cancel you. Specifically the German Skyrim fans. But no, um, hot-ass take right here, and I've, I've discussed this, I probably shouldn't even bring it up, because I've seen the reactions of me saying this. Skyrim's not that good of a game. It was a it was a pretty good game for 2012. It didn't deserve remasters. Um, they actually, did. Skyrim came out in 2011. Even worse, they it did not like it was a game. It was basically how Fallout 4 is, but people reacted to Fallout 4 in an entirely different uh way to Skyrim because Skyrim was their first. Uh, feeling of the Tom, ha- uh, I keep saying Tom, Todd Howard Bethesda experience. Todd Howard of Bethesda before and was like, "Yeah, no, we're you guys keep buying Skyrim, like we're we're just gonna keep releasing it because we're getting so much money." And it's like the fact that people still want Skyrim, still want to buy Skyrim, tell people about Skyrim, say Skyrim's good for the mods that the community are making. It's not. That's not how That Randy works. Savage Dragon mod is pretty fucking rad. That's amazing. That's the best mod ever made. Oh, yeah! 100% enhance the experience. I'm a fan of the Thomas the Tank Engine Dragon mod. Oh, that's but a good like, one, too. That's a good one. Like, we're beep, beep. <laughs> we're what was that? <laughs> oh, no. We're... It must have been the wind. But, like, where they enhance, are there to enhance the experience, give things that the community obviously wanted enough to make themselves, it does not make game. Do not tell people to buy Skyrim and be like, yeah, you just need mods to be able to enjoy it fully because there are some really good community members out there working for free that just are pulling attraction to this game. And it's like, come on, where's... Daggerfall, Morrowind, Oblivion, fucking Arenas. Where's all of the other Elder Scrolls games that I will die on the hill are way better than Skyrim? Well, I'll tell you where all those games are. They're currently in the Shadow Realm known as Todd Howard's Basement. In actually speaking of Todd Howard, in Xenoblade Chronicles 2, they have um unique monsters that have like unique names and stuff like that. And there's this one monster that looks kind of like a giant sea anemone. You know, like one of those big tube-shaped tube things. 
and its name is Vile Howard, and somebody posted a picture of it, and they were like, it's him. It's the fucker who keeps re-releasing Skyrim. (laughs) It's him. Vile Howard. Vile Howard. Yeah, it's fucking good. 100%, I I will end my rant, because I could truly go on about how much I enjoy Oblivion. Yeah, I was just going to say that um, to, to, to play it in German, I had to set my Nintendo Switch to be in German also. So now everything is in German on my Switch. Are you having trouble operating? Do you remember how to change it back? I do. I should be okay. Uh, even if I didn't, I think I'll be able to translate just enough to be able to to figure out what I need to do. I'm sure there's also videos online that are like the exact way to go so that you know how to switch it back in case of an act. Yeah, I mean, I can also like use a translator to like figure just out what Google the Translate. That's what it makes me think of is have you ever seen that episode of Phineas and Ferb where uh Perry the Platypus he has to operate a robot of the dad and the robot manual is in is in Dutch. Uh, and then the Dutch, they has a Dutch to Spanish dictionary and then a Spanish to English dictionary. So that he's like, <laughs> he'll flip through the manual and then he'll open the next one and then he'll open the next one and then he'll do something. And then he'll open the first book, flip through the second book. And that's D trying to fucking put his switch back into English. Just, just, <laughs> okay, next. <laughs> next. Oh, man. Um. Really quick, since we're ranting about Bethesda games, can I rant about Fallout 4? Rant! Yeah. Okay. Do it. All right. What the fuck does the Institute want? What the fuck does the, the Institute insti- want? <laughs> Me when the I get institute my student loans. To institute. <laughs> what the fuck does the Institute want? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. No, they, they want to institute, and they... They're basically thinking they are the best around. And no one's ever yeah, oh, okay, all right. And that's it. That's all there is to okay, it. Okay, if you really read into it, their plan is what? To infiltrate all of the factions within the Commonwealth, make them collapse so that there's nobody else around and become the sole heirs of the Commonwealth? What sense does that make? That was the kind of the game plan until you showed up and were like, Hello! old ass man i am your father and he's like well all right we should just announce to the whole world that we're here and we're gonna take it listen could you imagine if an old man came up to you and was like you are my daddy uh you don't know but i'm from the future you're my daddy uh i'd be like hell no i don't even want kids bro like there's no way you exist i'm not fucking anything (laughs) Uh, wait, but- you mean to tell me in the future I get pussy? <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! Good chiga! Good chiga! Just, my, my point in saying uh, what does the Institute want, though, is that, like, to me, their motivation is kind of nonsensical, and that ruins the game, because they don't really have a motive. Not a real one that's, like, tangible didn't we talk about this last week too about how after fallout new vegas bethesda just kind of ate shit on writing anything even fallout 3 like it's like 
It's like it do, like, that game doesn't make sense for like in the where in the timeline it takes place. Like two hundred years after the bombs, and like they 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 haven't figured out how to like purify water, grow crops, or find food. Like it just doesn't make any sense. The games are bad. Don't you know we're all fucking stupid? But like no one, no one in America has a fucking home garden. No one. But I mean, like this isn't something you fa- that would be like if in in like the eighteen hundreds they were like, oh man, I guess we should figure out you know like how to how to grow food or something. Like <laughs> we should get on that, shouldn't we? Like like it's just shit that should have been established. Quickly. This shit this is shit that should have been established like years and years and years and ye- like like a century ago, over a century ago, two centuries ago, like. Doesn't make any sense. These, these stories don't make any sense, and I get that Bethesda's ethos in in making games is like, you know, here's a power fantasy. Do what you want. Go what you want. You're the hero of the people, and like, oh, they would be but nothing that without wasn't you. Wasn't Fallout not originally? Yeah, exactly. That's the point of Fallout. Is like you are one piece of the puzzle that might set the world right. Okay, you aren't the whole puzzle. That's also why you don't play, like, when you go through the games, you're not playing as the same character every time. There are several of these people that wander around are well-known and do these major things, and it's happening all throughout the years of this apocalypse. I just... People busting out of vaults, people busting out of uh, little tribal communities, people busting into vaults, people busting into cities and uh, raider camps and shit. The the Brotherhood of Steel. They're the good guys, right? Are you are you are you asking that or are you like No. 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 Okay, so you know that no. they're really kinda not. And neither is the NCR, Definitely. by the way. In case Bethesda's listening and decides they want to try to do something with the NCR. The only good guys are the fucking Minutemen and the railroad. Yeah, see that's the problem though, is that they are unconditionally good. That shouldn't that shouldn't there should not be one single faction that is perfect because it ruins the point of 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 the game. Uh, it, you can't even call them perfect. The Minutemen's the one faction that nobody fucking likes. But like, no, but that's my thing. So it's though. like the one good faction. Everybody's just inconvenienced to shit out of even wanting to interact. But with but, them. but but no, my my point is though is that like, you can't have a faction that has good intent has good motivation, and is doing good things. Because when you have all three of those, you basically have a perfect faction. You know what I mean? Like, like even like even in Fallout New Vegas, my favorite faction is the Followers of the Apocalypse. I really wish that they were, they were fleshed out a little bit more. Even they are, like, a little bit, you know, they're, they're a little bit bogged down in the Mojave, and they're not fulfilling all of the duties they'd like to fulfill. And also, they're a little bit ivory tower-ish. There are there's there's there there are people that refer to these tribes like they're like like they're backwards within the followers of the apocalypse. And it's good because it gives them depth and it brings up real world issues that follow that that that, that you know organizations like that might have. And that's just my point is that like Bethesda truly does not understand the worlds that they're supposed to be making. Sorry to rant about the same thing I did last week. No, honestly, it's fine, because now 
whatever uh, small cult following Fallout 4 has, they can go and help take some of the heat off of me that I've definitely called upon. All of Fallout 4's fans are going to come after me. All of Fallout 4's fan. Absolutely. It's just my friend. It's just my one friend, Joey. <laughs> is, Joey a fr- is Joey a fan of Fallout 4? I'm sure he liked Fallout 4, yeah. Sorry, Joey. It could be worse. Uh, my my one friend, uh, one of her like former friends was a fan of Fallout 76. That one really bugs me because Fallout should be a lonely experience. It should be. So is my life. Not gonna, not gonna lie. Fallout, like I like the idea of Fallout Fallout seventy six. It wasn't executed very well when it came out, and I haven't had the courage to go try to check it out. Fallout again. should be a lonely experience. He just like me for real. <laughs> he just like me for real, for real on God. But like, to be honest, I think I played and enjoyed big quote not even big quotes because i i did enjoy uh skyrim initially but like i think i played fallout 4 in very much the same way that i played skyrim is like it got my 50 to 100 hours out of me where i was just having fun being a goof just venturing up out as this wasteland survivor and then after that the map was filled up with icons. I've talked to everybody I cared about, and the game is boring. Yeah, I, I mean, like, it, it, cause it, it's because it pretty much is the same thing as Skyrim. It pretty much just is the same game. Like, you, you know, it especially becomes apparent, like, like just how much it's a, it, it's, it's, you know. Pardon the pun here. A railroad of just power fantasy, power fantasy, power fantasy, power fantasy. Like they hand you power armor and a minigun, or really early in the game, and and you kill a deathclaw. That's supposed to be something that you do at the end of the game, so that when you get there, you're like, "Wow, I feel so powerful. I feel like I'm in charge. I feel like I'm cool and good at the game now." Like when you yeah, and instead instead by the end of by the end of my time in Fallout Four, I legit just had a melee weapon that I ran around and without drugs, without body armor, without much of anything but what I have on my back, ran up and fucking square up with death claws until they flop over exactly because I couldn't handle the heat. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that that's my two cents about that. Uh, Tyler, would you like to rant about a Bethesda game or no? I don't know if I play any Bethesda game enough to. Have an active rant about it. That's fair. Uh, I guess I can rant you, about man. a game real quick, though. Sure. Uh, Watch Dogs sure 3 ruined its own concept by focusing way too much on paid DLC. That's everything. I was going to say, that's a lot of games, no, actually. But like, so, like, the whole idea of per, of Persona, what the fuck? The whole idea of Watch Dogs 3 is that there's no actual real main character you recruit random civilians throughout the city and they all have unique abilities and stuff. But a lot of them have the same like generic abilities. If you want characters with like really unique and weird abilities, you have to pay DLC. So they ruin their own concept. That's disgusting. Which sucks because, which sucks because Watch Dogs 3 is objectively a fucking fun as hell game that just pussied out of its own concept by, uh, basically saying no, you don't get to have fun. <laughs> it's locked behind DLC. You can get some cool like things, 
like you can find random like super special uh, um super special operatives like you can find like a guy who's a professional getaway driver so he has extra car abilities but they're not as cool as some of like the really unique ones that you could buy from oh. DLC. And then you also have to rely on like RNG and shit like that. Be like, am I gonna find this? Yeah, which I wouldn't mind if like the RNG, if there was actually more things going into the RNG that I could potentially get. But it's like ninety percent generic shit. So that's pretty much it. Ubisoft ruined their own concept by being money hungry. But what else is new? I was gonna say it is Ubisoft. That, that's like their like, that's their mission statement: is ruin our projects so that we could make money. True. But I stand by it. Far Cry 5 and Far Cry New Dawn are fun as hell. Far Cry 3 is the best Far Cry game. I did not like Far Cry 5. I thought it was just a fucking mess. And it made me angry. And I did not like it. Yeah, a lot of people feel that way. I I disagree. I think 5 and New Dawn are my favorites. They're the only ones I have any intrigue. And uh, and I, I I know I know three is really good. I just don't have any interest in the setting. The only thing I want I'm interested in about it is Voss, and he's not even the main villain of that game. I'm telling you, play three because it uh, it legitimately is the best Far Cry. The only way you're gonna get me to play three is if you crash a plane onto an island, and I get stuck on there with a bunch of crazy people who force me to play Far Cry three. Uh Listen, I will come to your house with a PlayStation 3 and a copy of Far Cry 3 right now. Think I won't. No, we gotta finish recording. Please don't. <laughs> we gotta finish recording, Deej. Come on. Okay, after we finish back. recording. <laughs> Fair enough, I guess. We'll, we'll do our first ever government love robot break. Here's where we can put ads. This is where or, I uh, sing a song. Welcome ourselves. to Silly Songs with Larry. The part where Larry comes <laughs> out and sings a silly song. I love Silly Songs with Larry. VeggieTales was my favorite show. I'm thinking about at some point doing like video essays. Dude, I've wanted to. I already I, I always told my friend that I would want to do a complete, like huge comprehensive video essay. On the Impractical Jokers. <laughs> Specifically the Impractical Jokers? Yes, just everything about the show. Because the show's fascinating. Okay. Like, the infamous... For instance, the worst episode of the show was a special, like... It, it, I forget what the exact... I think it's, like, the Motocross Extreme episode or something. But it's, like, uh... It's one of their special episodes. Like, when they walked a tightrope or whatever. And the episode's really bad. Because the whole stick of the episode is they have to do this, like, big obstacle course, right? And it's, like, you have to roll down a hill in one of those plastic balls. And then you have to ride a ride a dirt bike. And then you have to do a quad race through, like, a slalom thing. A sol- slalom thing. You know what I'm talking about? You have, to go like, yeah. you have to go, like, around the cones or whatever. And then the last section is you have to, like, jump through these. Like, there's these three walls, but one is a breakaway wall. So you have to jump through one of them. And hope you get the right one. And the person who does it fastest wins uh, and they get money for their charity. Well, it's cursed, right? This whole thing is cursed. Because first, Q couldn't even compete. Because while practicing, he flipped a quad on himself and busted up his ribs. Oh? Yeah, so he couldn't compete. So he had to let uh, Joey Fatone compete for him. Joey Fat One? Yes, Joey Fat One. 
So he had to compete for it. And then, uh, um, and then that's not the only issue. That's not, well, first off, that's not the only person who gets hurt because Joe, during the obstacle course, during the section where you're supposed to jump through the breakaway wall, he hits the fake wall. And for some reason, the padding was not in the right place. So he just plummets onto the fucking hard ground and he gets hurt. Oh my God. Yeah. He gets hurt and they have to like fucking stop the show and cut to commercial because he's not getting up. And eventually they... Why did they do that? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I think they just, like, there was a slip-up, and I think they thought that this would work. Uh, That's not the only issue. During Sal's run, Sal basically gets screwed because when he gets to the quad, the quad is flooded, like the which is like some sort of issue with quads, I guess. I don't know. But they say that it's flooded, so the quad won't start. So Sal is literally just stuck there for seconds on... For, like, 30 seconds to a minute of this race, unable to do so- anything because the quad won't start. So, so if flooding is is essentially uh, something that happens to motors. Um, for for a motor to function, gasoline has to move in to the piston chamber, and there's a spark that ignites it. And uh, if too much gasoline goes in, it needs to be an air gas mixture. If too much gas goes in, there won't be enough air, and it won't it won't fire normally. That's what flooding is. Well, that has- uh, you have to. You, yeah, it's. That's not. That's not good. <laughs> and in case you're wondering who won, Murr, because he's the only impractical Joker in shape. So of course he won the race. <laughs> so yes, it's a miserable episode. It's a. It's a hard watch, because it's. It's just not very good. Oh, and then by the way, the the person who gets punished is Sal, just because the fans voted for it. So he didn't even really lose. <laughs> He didn't lose, he just didn't win. Well, yeah, like, well, like, he didn't, he didn't lose and, like, get punished like normal. They just voted for him to get punished and he got punished. So it's like, well, okay, it didn't fuck Sal, I guess. Uh, yeah, exactly, fuck Sal. You're not wrong. Back to Government Lovebot, everybody. We're back from our advertisement break or whatever we decided to do. It might have just been a single second of it Dead might air. have been Silly Songs with Larry. It, I think it was Silly Songs with Larry. Yeah, we had Larry we come do up. an ad read in, in the way of Silly Songs? Welcome to Silly Ads with D. The part of the show where D comes out and s- says a silly ad. Absolutely. Um. Yes, Um. this is official on the record. Whatever ad reads we're doing, we're not being boring about it. We're no, not just giving not. people an ad to listen to. It is going to be some sort of bit, some sort of joke, something that can be entertaining to listen to. Because personally, if like when I'm listening to podcasts and I listen to so many hours of podcasts right now, um, when the advertisements are not just like read off like, yes, get Skillshare. They have thousands of blah, blah, blah. That's that's really boring. But when they're like. Hey, yo, your fucking critical role is excellent with this. Sam Regal is a madman, and he shouldn't have nearly as much power as he does over their, like, some of their ads. But it is also so fucking worth it, because I don't think I've ever skipped the beginning announcements of Critical Role where they do their ads. I've never been like, I don't don't need to listen to or watch this. It's like, what fucking shit is he going to do this time, guys? Uh, So I'd rather have that. Dungeons and Daddies is also pretty good about their ads, I think. 
Big facts. Big facts. Dungeons and Daddies just they're so great. I lo- I listen. Well, for calling out all these podcasts. Uh, just runs down a long list. I, I just want to say shout out to Dungeons and Daddies. Notice us, Senpai. Hey, I, I, I can agree with that. Oh my god. Notice us, Senpai. If we were noticed by the Dungeons and Daddies crew, it'd be wild. Just insane bonkers. Maybe one day. Little fun fact before I jump into my uh, a thing, and this is 100% deserved, not like a, oh my god, can you look at them? Dungeons and Daddies is the highest um, grossing, I think, I think that's the term, uh, Patreon on Patreon. They they have the most, like, supporters, or at least the most money coming from supporters, and it is absolutely amazing and insane how much support they have gotten. They fully deserve. Wonderful people, absolutely hilarious. But it's just like my jaw dropped when I saw the numbers, and I'm like, Good for fucking them, holy shit. Yeah, honestly, good for them. I mean, hey, Anthony Birch, you're an inspiration, truly. I want to say that. Honestly, beautiful, beautiful man. The confidence he has. <laughs> anyway, before my topic becomes about Anthony Birch, Dungeons and Daddies, and all of the dozens of podcasts that I listen to and wish to be noticed by, um, let's get into my topic. So, guys... Last time, last time we met, and time before that, ironically, we talked about Muppets, right? Remember that? I do remember that. Yes, I love Muppets. Muppets love me. We talked talked a lot about talked a lot about Muppets, <laughs> but this this got me thinking about like what like what is with like puppet media, puppet shows, puppet movies and shit and why have they in some regards taken the fuck off and become a worldwide sensation like the muppets and why have in other regards they have not become as worldwide sensational and are sort of fading into obscurity like oh excuse me burp's not good for recording but why why haven't others become so worldwidely sensational like my personal favorite piece of Muppet media, the Dark Crystal. Was that Jim Henson? Yes. I yes, didn't realize that. Jim Henson. That was his passion project. That was the thing he loved and wanted to do so badly. And it was just this dark, weird, beautiful story that then was taken and even ran with more with the single season of a show that we get that will never get another season because newsflash guys, my beautiful co-hosts and everybody that may be listening puppet things are expensive to do. Hell yeah. So expensive. Yeah, that I did know. Like it costs so much to have all these people operating puppets to have these, um, like sets that match up to scale with these these really only like two maybe three foot tall uh cloth and fabric beings like that's that's one it before before we get into any of it that's one hurdle but like i want to ask you guys what puppet sort of media like the muppets or dark crystal or like sesame street 
or the Labyrinth or any others that I'm not mentioning, what about them, well, one, which ones do you personally just love the most, and what is about them that made you go, ah, uh, yes, I, I love that? Okay, I, I got one. Um, Old school Sesame Street? Like, specifically, like, right in the beginning when they first started doing Sesame Street. And uh, they just had jazz music everywhere. Chef's kiss. <laughs> just, it's perfect. It's so good. I've always been a big fan of the uh, of the Muppets. Just like in, in every facet. I always found them just really clever and funny. Uh, I like, one of my favorite movies of all time is, well, yeah, especially one of my favorite Christmas movies is the Muppets Christmas Carol. It's just really charming. And one of my favorite, like me and my mom will always joke about this one scene in the movie where Gonzo and the, and the rat, I can't remember. I think it's Rizzo the rat, right? Yeah. Rizzo. Uh, where they're, where uh, they're trying to see in the window and they can't see. So Gonzo just picks up the rat and just smacks him against the window and uses him <laughs> to clear the window. <laughs> Somehow I knew you were gonna, then, gonna say that. That scene. one, and there's another scene where they, where Gonzo's like blinded for some reason. He's trying to light a candle, and he starts lighting Rizzo on fire. And Rizzo's like, "Light the candle, not the rat. Light the candle, not the rat." <laughs> and it's just like, and then Michael Caine is there, and he's like, "He's this is his magnum opus. He's going for broke, like taking this so ungodly seriously to the point where like." You feel bad for this motherfucker who just casually employs Kermit the Frog. Like, <laughs> like you feel so bad for him because he's going, because he's like seeing all of the wrongdoing and like you see him like lose his, like the love of his life and, and fucking Kermit's got a tiny little baby Kermit who's got diseases and is dying named Tiny Tim. And it's just like, what is going on? It's so true. But yeah, the Muppets always have a soft spot in my heart, especially Kermit. Um, so, so, so do you think it's like that silliness, that goofiness that really makes it like that charms you into always wanting to go back at least once every Christmas? The thing I love about the Muppets is how they'll appear in the real world and everybody sells it as if they are real. Like Kermit the Frog is just a real person. Like in real life, Kermit the Frog will go on talk shows. And he'll just be treated as if he is a real person, despite the fact that he is, in fact, a puppet, Kermit the Frog. And I just love the way that, like, the Muppets have ingrained themselves into society to the point where we just all accept that Kermit the Frog is real. It's that suspension of disbelief and the fact that he's just a silly little frog man that's just canonical to real life. I love him. He just actually exists walking down the street you see kermit the also a muppet related thing that i just want to throw out here for all those listening if anybody listening has any sort of connection and they can get me the munch puppet from the episode of sesame street <laughs> where they do a law and order svu parody they have specific muppets of the law and order svu crew including richard belzer's character munch if anybody and i mean this with all sincerity if anybody can get me in touch with somebody who can get me that puppet? I swear, I I I need it. I need it on my wall. I love him. We're really asking a whole lot from our very beginning. No, I'm asking this of everybody this in in my life. Any, this isn't just the <laughs> listeners. This is you two. This is my family. This is everybody in existence. If somebody knows the whereabouts of this detective John Munch, the Munch puppet, puppet, if this Muppet. it. 
if this this is dead serious right now i'm calling the police right now like if anybody knows the whereabouts of this detective john munch custom puppet that was really made for one sesame street skit it's sitting somewhere i know it's sitting in a fucking storage unit somewhere and i need somebody to tell me where i need it in my life house hello 911 get me the munch muppet get it here now i'm gonna die without the munch my muppet. worst fear is that they buried it with richard belzer <laughs> imagine you're buried with your muppet bro the muppets showed up to richard belzer's funeral and their gift was the the muppet they just the corpse of Munch Muppet. They killed him. They they just they just calmly set him down in the casket. It's actually a case of when you die, your Muppet dies too. Yes, you are. You have oh an eternal God. eternal connection to your Muppet. Is this like Aragon logic? Is that how like the Dragon Riders? The only work? way a Muppet can survive when the host dies is if they transfer hosts, like Chris Henson. Um, <laughs> If or Chris Henson, what John Jim Henson? I cannot speak today. Wow, we're all really fucking up names today. Yeah, I know, God right? Now Tom, J- Jim Tom Henson, when he was when he knew like he was dying, right? He knew that if he died, Kermit the Frog would die with him. So he transferred his Muppet to a new host, which is how Kermit the Frog has been able to survive past his host's passing. Oh my god. We all have a it's connected all Muppet. Together, guys. We all have a connected Muppet. We just don't know about them. They could not even be a famous <laughs> Muppet. They could just be in a storage unit somewhere. It's sort of like us, but with that. Muppets. There is 100% a whole alternate universe that's really just like underneath, underground of some Disney facility. This is the plot the of us. World this is the fucking plot of us. Muppetized is rolling around and there is a muppetized government love robot government love bot podcast out there right now with muppet versions of me d and tyler it's, a- this it's is actually the plot to us guys that podcast is us listeners at home we are actually muppets they don't want me to tell you but i need to get it off my chest Got him! shut him up shut him up get his no, ass no no maybe maybe if he knows maybe our hosts can find us our location is a warehouse located under Sesame Street. <laughs> we haven't seen the light of day in months. Years. Alright. <laughs> so, our our current consensus here is um, Jazz for Sesame Street is what charmed D, And then Kermit the Frog specifically is what charms Tyler. No, 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 no. What charms me is the fact that they've become so ingratiated in reality that we accept that they're real people. You know, now, before you said that, I had, in my head, Kermit the Frog was really a full person, an actual person. See? But now I am starting to realize that he is just a puppet. That's what I mean! He's just That's a puppet what I frog. mean. Kermit the Frog is a straight up a puppet yes. that some dude controls and speaks for. But we like guys. Do... You can't tell me you don't know this. Well, no. Guys, please. Well, no. We know this, but I mean seriously, think about it. I have a question for you guys. Who who plays Kermit the Frog? No comment. Exactly. We don't know who no plays Kermit the Frog because we just accept that Kermit the Frog is just Kermit the Frog. We treat him as if he's a real person, despite the fact that we know in our hearts 
that he is a that he is a puppet, that there is a man controlling him and speaking for him. But we don't know who that man is. We don't care. We just accept that he's real. That's what I love about him. That's what I love about the Muppets. All right. All right. (laughs) Okay. So re uh. They have infiltrated our real daily life. Yep, that's it. That's that's my that's what I love about them. And jazz music. Now, I have a question for you too. I feel like uh, D has because they, they they like they they asked about if Jim Henson was the one that was heading it. But have any of you guys have either of you guys or any of our listeners seen the Dark Crystal? Whether it's the Age of Resistance show that was way too good to not give a second season or the movie that really kickstarted it all. So actually, I just want to point out I have not seen anything Dark Crystal. I've only ever seen like bits and pieces of it. I don't really know all that much about it. Okay, fair. How, what about you, Tyler? I'm going to be honest, until I just now googled it, I thought we were talking about Labyrinth. So <laughs> no, perfect. I... Keep that Google search up. Keep that Google search up because there are beings and they're called the Gelflings. And they're basically, they're, they're like small, small people, but they kind of like rule over the land. Because most, most beings in the world seem like they're pretty small, except for our villains, the Skeksis, which are just horrifying. But, um, like, something about those, I had, I was sure watching Oh, it, I uh, fucking hate these things. <laughs> I'm looking at them, I hate them the, too. What the the Skeksis or the Gelflings? The Gelflings. What the fuck are these? That this is what this is what I want want to cover. Is there something that like prevents, especially uh these over the top puppet pr- productions like the Dark Crystal, where they go in depth and like build entire like mini sets for these puppets to walk around in to scale? That, like, sets off that uncanny valley sensation that's been lingering since we were cave people. Because, like, my roommate, he, he'd come downstairs and he'd, he saw when I was watching, re-watching the season of Age Resistance. And he was like, he looked at him and he stopped. And he had the same exact reaction as you guys. Like, what the fuck are these Yeah, guys? I hate them. For me personally, I think they look fine because one, I'm not thinking of them as humans. They are absolutely 100% basically fey creatures, fey people. And so like their their different features and stuff are fine for me. But do you guys have that weird sense where you look at it and it's like they're trying to mimic people, but they didn't quite nail it and you're just uh, unnerved? Yeah, that is that's definitely how I'm feeling. Because like something <laughs> about that is just not it's just it's just not right. Cause like cause like Muppets, you don't have that effect at all. You don't have that effect with Sesame Street because with Muppets, they are intentionally made as puppets, like as these as these goofy people, as a fucking talking frog, pig, Gonzo. But with when you start going more in depth like this, when you start trying to uh what's the word convey a realistic and in-depth world like that but through puppets is something lost there or is it just too unnerving to even be able to lose something there yeah i i I mean i i don't know i think it's because like 
yeah, I, I think it definitely is a case of the Uncanny Valley because, like, with Kermit the Frog, like, he's essentially like a living cartoon character in my mind. But with this, it's this is something has gone extraordinarily wrong. Like, this, this, mm-mm, mm-mm. don't like this. <laughs> Who knew that Gelflings were the true villains of the show and movie? They're the I ones giving everybody like, nightmares. I just think it's weird to try and use puppets to replicate something that looks so close to being human. Because, like, at that point, why spend the money on the puppets and why not just have human actors wearing prosthetic? You know what I mean? Because I feel like the point of the point of Muppets is to, like, do what they do with the, the what are they called? The Skeksy or whatever? The Skeksies. Yeah, the, the thing that D posted saying that he his balls looking for snacks at 3 a.m. Jesus Christ. Um, but, like, <laughs> but like I feel like that's what, like, Muppets should be used for to create these, like, weird creatures, these, like, living cartoon characters like Kermit the Frog and, like, these weird bird demons. That's a, wait, one moment, one moment. That's, that's a good guy. Oh, that's sorry, a, that's, then, not a that's, a, that's a mystic, excuse me. That's a, yeah. I don't know the lore. I got you. You fucking Neanderthal, how dare you? Skeksis. But yeah, either way, my point still stands, though. They're like weird bird monsters. Well, I feel partially, one, they, and I, I could honestly look into this a lot more and be more knowledgeable about it. But I won't, because it's not just Dark Crystal topic. But, like, partially I feel um, perspective is major. So, like, these these um, Gelflings, they're, they're like, basically gnomes, hobbits, halflings. They're, they're small, they're small people. And the Skeksis are, like, these six, seven, eight foot tall beings that are evil and, in the eyes of the Gelflings, all-powerful. And it really, like, you see that when when any uh, Gelfling interacts with a Skeksis. It's honestly, like, scary to just try to, like, put myself in that shoe. And also, I feel like they weren't trying to go for exactly human. They're, they're very much, like, these fey elf beings that, if we had in real life, probably would still give us an uncanny valley type of sense. Because... They're close to human, but they're not. Um, the 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 these puppets and the relationship you're describing between them kind of reminds me of like a mouse and birds. And the more I think about that comparison, the more that I like see it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I kind of get what you're saying. Also, like one hundred percent. Also, like yeah. Plus, you can't get much more humanoid than like the the munch puppet. So like. <laughs> Back to the munch puppet. Imagine if the imagine if the munch puppet was in the detail and like I would hate that level. I would hate that. (laughs) What be the point? Richard Belzer would. What would be the point? Richard Belzer was alive at the time the skit was made. Why make it realistic? Just get him. Because munch muppet. I need him. I need him so much. I need him on my wall. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you're gonna. You're gonna hang him on your wall. I'm gonna mount him on my wall like a like a trophy. You're gonna crucify him to your wall. <laughs> That's what I was gonna ask. Yes! That's my first thought. Yes! Crucify I'm gonna, do, I'm gonna do like the the cross pose too. Oh, oh god! My god, he's gonna crucify Munch Muppet. 
But yeah, uh, personally, I am a really big fan of um, The Dark Crystal. But, like, especially with your guys' reaction and my my awesome roommate uh, having the same reaction, is, like, I could definitely see how, how the Gelflings could be could really set you off even more than the like skexies which are designed to be scary yeah yeah i kind of get you i i it i don't know it just slips to like directly into the uncanny valley for me then i'm just looking at it and it's like oh oh these weird porcelain doll monsters <laughs> Yeah, yeah. These these look like the bad guys from a Doctor Who episode. Like, <laughs> sorry. Like, the, honestly, they both look like bad guys from a Doctor Who episode. I'm just I'm waiting so for sorry. David Tennant to run in with like a fucking sonic screwdriver. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Muppets are like, fun. <laughs> Puppets are but funny. And this is. This really, like, shows, like, the variety that came out of Jim Henson. It's sad that, like, one of the most favorite, like, famous puppet things nowadays is Jeff Dunham. <laughs> yeah. I always forget he exists when I'm not looking directly at him. Dude, my He's like favorite a false hydra. Thing, my favorite thing so about... So does his puppets. My favorite thing about uh, Jeff Dunham is I saw a billboard for a show he was doing and it said Jeff Dunham, the still not canceled tour. And I remember just seeing that billboard and thinking to myself, Jeff, who's going to cancel you? I forgot you existed. Honestly. I'm pretty sure his, his puppets forget he exists too. <laughs> like, Jeff, I forgot you existed, let alone cancel you. Also, he apparently right now he has a woke SJW puppet. Who's like a kid with AirPods or something, and he like makes woke oh, no. jokes. I don't know. It's fucking weird. Oh, oh no. Jeff Dunham's a strange guy. I'm not entirely certain. He had a TV show once. It was bad. I watched it. <laughs> puppets are pu- puppets deserve better. <laughs> Puppets deserve better than Jeff Dunham. Yeah, they deserve to tell me where the Munch Muppet is so I can have it. (laughs) (laughs) He needs it, damn it. You know what this means, guys? We have to get into puppets. Oh, God, no. Oh, God, no? I can't own any other puppets. I need to to reserve my puppet puppet, space for Munch Puppet. I can't have I any other. I want to see an AI generated Gelfling before I move along and go to wrap this, this up. Fuck yeah! Look at that that AI generated Gelfling. It is truly. Horrifying. Oh god! What the? What the fuck Nobody is this Eldritch beast that. you just posted in our chat? It looks like it a Gelfling was like fucking f- hit with thirty waves <laughs> of radiation. It's truly fucking horrible. That looks like something you would see in Fallout. Yeah, like. Like it's that mutated. looks like fucking something you see in Chernobyl. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like... So I really have, like, two ends of a spectrum, I feel, for Muppet Media, not counting Jeff Dunham. Yeah. But, like, you've got this super serious that tries to go over the top in depth, and then we have the Muppets. And, like, 
what haven't the Muppets done? I think I asked this last time briefly, but like they kidnapped Jack they, Black once. That they is true. Jack Black. They've stolen the crown jewels of fucking England. Kermit the Frog has single-handedly caused 9-11 in some way. Yeah, that is true. That is yeah. Okay, so here's true. so everybody pause because this is true in Muppets canon. So there was an ep- there was this like Muppet Show thing, or it was a movie where Kermit the Frog uh, gets shown what the world would look like if he was never born, and this was made in like the mid two thousands, and they show what the world would look like if Kermit the Frog was never born. But for some reason, they use stock footage from before two thousand one. So in the world where Kermit was never born, the twin towers are still there. So canonically, something about Kermit the Frog's birth causes nine eleven, oh and that's just gosh. straight up canon. And like, you can't really do anything about it because like you already made the mistake. So in some way, shape, or form, Kermit the Frog has responsibility that like responsibility in terms of causing nine eleven. That is oh my fucking that god! That is unfortunately I just true. It. I just looked up this. I just looked up this theory, and god damn it. It's true? I'm not fucking with you? <laughs> no, it's oh real, god. man. The Muppets have done everything. Everything. <laughs> They've done everything, good and bad, apparently. You legit can't name a thing that the Muppets haven't done. Yeah, they've committed crimes, both massive <laughs> and small. They've kidnapped celebrities. They've gone to space. They've both had their show canceled and revived. They've sung with the guy from How I Met Your Mother. Like, like they've done so much shit. Law and Order Muppet Crime Division. No, it's Law and Order Special Letters Unit, bro. MCD. (laughs) Bro. It's... that's That's what I really... That's really all I wanted to talk about was how absolutely wild Muppet meeting can be and how even though they are puppets and we very well know that their existence is a lie looking at you Kermit you'll never be real um no Kermit's definitely real he's the one real Muppet but he's the one real one yeah exactly he's he's actually a frog he but he thinks all the other ones are real too He's, he's schizophrenic. That's so sad. Oh my god. This is, you're just writing creepypasta now. Only one Muppet. No, the only but real Muppet go... is the, the human Muppet from the Muppets movie. The one who's like with uh, the am How I Met Your Mother guy. And, yeah, that, that Muppet. Or am I a Muppet? Am I a Muppet? If I'm a, if man, I'm a man, that, that makes me a Muppet of a man. No, but like, uh, but like that Muppet's the only one who's real. So his he grew up thinking that his heroes were just like him, and then he finds out that they're all fake. <laughs> and he's so sad. He just has this existential crisis as he realizes he's the only living puppet. That's the saddest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> Get Tyler in the writer's room right Can now. somebody hire me? Please, I'm I'm homeless. <laughs> Please. Oh my god. But like it really it really does go across a spectrum of way too serious, but then also just over the top wacky nonsense. Like 
uh, the Muppets going and stealing the crown jewels of fucking Grimm. Oh, yeah. I forgot Kermit also has a criminal Russian twin. Yo, yes. He's from the movie that I'm actually referring to. Yeah, and they steal something. Yeah, you're right. I forgot. Like, it's absolutely bonkers and insane, and there's a reason why one works more than the others. This is kind of different from our topic last week, where we were like, don't go too deep into one type of genres. I think if you're working with puppets, go deep into one type of genre. If we had these suddenly super realistic, super quote-unquote natural Muppet-looking people doing all the things that were happening like the Dark Crystal, it wouldn't be the fucking Muppets. It would be a different thing and probably wouldn't have taken off nearly as much because you have a slimy, plastic Kermit the Frog versus our soft, cuddly Kermit the Frog we have now, we know and love nowadays. Slimy Kermit the Frog is a terrible mixture of words. What? Didn't what? He would be slimy. Slimy Kermit the Frog. Okay, I thought I missed that first word for a second. I was like, wait, huh? Slimy (laughs) Kermit the Frog. Those two things shouldn't go together. No, he wouldn't be because he's a special kind of frog. He's felt. I'm sure he's been felt by all his puppeteers, but that doesn't change the fact that him being slimy see, is gross. But see, think about that. You said, I bet he's been felt by all his puppeteers as if he's a real person and these puppeteers just work with him. <laughs> see what I mean? See what I mean? Kermit the Frog is like is so ingratiated with media that he's a real person now. We just accept it. No, but you're right, that though. Is where the Muppets, that is right? where the Muppets like, succeeded and the Dark Crystal failed. Thank you for coming to my section of Government Love Bot. I gotta know who Kermit the Frog's puppeteer is now. <laughs> that's, well, like, isn't that a crazy thing? Like, you only know Jim Henson because he's the guy who literally made the Muppets. Like, you don't know who plays Kermit anymore. You don't know who plays Miss Piggy. You just know Kermit and Miss Piggy. Same thing with Elmo. Like, you don't know who Elmo is. You just assume that Elmo's real. Because, like... You don't know who's Elmo. playing Elmo. I, I saw a thing about it once. So the puppeteer who, who controls Elmo is actually like super duper talented. A lot of people need to respect him more, I think. Same with the guy who voices Spongebob. But we aren't going to divulge who these people... No, we aren't going to tell them who these people are No, we at can't all. break the illusion. Anyway, they... We have to. They have them. to. If they want to break the illusion, they have to grab their own hammer. If they and want, smash if they want to break out of the Muppet Matrix and learn the truth, they have to do so on they, their own. We can't. Wait, but them. I have. They have to take the green pill. I have it right they have here. To choose to take the. No, green we pill. can't hand no, them. We can't. We can't hand them the. And pill. that's where we're gonna end tonight. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Government Love Bot. I'm Nick. I'm D. I'm Tyler, and before we go, I just want to say, if anybody has any, any information on the Munch Puppet, please contact me. Thank you. Also, good night, everybody. The puppeteer who controls Kermit is... No, okay, no, stop good it! Night, good night, everybody! Good night!